is In the Know for Wednesday, March 16, the 75th day of 2022. There are 290 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is In the Know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Uh, Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky begs for uh, the help of the United States. We'll tell you about that. Also, uh, the Sweet 16 gets underway in Lexington today for the boys, and we get you ready for March Madness. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on in. No. Settling in to my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. I have uh, I have not checked in the last few minutes, but at last report, you have you have an incomplete on filling out your bracket so far. Is that, that uh, still that true? Is accurate. So yes. that's one of the things that probably you have the afternoon, yes, uh, the midday, the afternoon, the evening to do because you and I have will to have it do it in the morning. But also have a full day. Sure, so kind of give you a I'll couple give you a couple of tips. Okay, okay. one there is the autofill option if you just decide let tech do it. I mean, I'm I, not really that kind of person. Yeah, well, good. Whitney's over there shaking her head like, no, don't <laughs> do like, that. Don't do it. But here's another tip. <laughs> if you want to improve your odds, if you're not overly skilled at this process, just go ahead and take all the one seeds to the final four and then work your way backward because the likelihood of you getting two one seeds or ones and twos is so much higher. You just don't necessarily know which ones they are. Where you get off the track is when you take out these high seeds early on. Some of them are going to get there. You just don't know which ones, so take them all. Does that make sense? It does. All right, a little tip from uh, some of the people who maybe pay a little more attention to college basketball. Over there in chair number two. She's the Grayson County Ag Agent from the Cooperative Extension Service, but she's rocking the rep of just being a B.A. at the B-R-A-C-K-E-T. It's Miss Whitney Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. I was trying to think what label to give you. Yeah, I like it. Because you always do so well in our bracket contest, and I think you're just a B.A. Yeah, I guess. Hey, I'll take it. Maybe you'll need a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're hoping, all of us that are in the pool competing against you are hoping this is the year you've taken your eye off the ball, and uh, how do you feel about your prospects? Go ahead. Well, I think that here's my problem with this this year is you know in in the last few years Kentucky has not been as strong and on years that they do well I struggle because my heart wants to push them on the way through but my head's like okay Whitney you have to be smart about this right (laughs) yeah we shared yesterday that's when you take when you take UK off the table and no one can pick them it's more competitive it is but what happens is if we all take them to the same point Mm -hmm. you can't get a mathematical advantage over one another because down to score emotion is guiding our thinking exactly. rather than and so and my husband will not fill out a bracket because of that really yes well i think we all secretly have that kentucky ballot over there where mm-hmm. where what i do is i look at all 68 teams mm-hmm. and i just write uk on every line mm-hmm. like in every game whether they're playing or not i just write uk on there look national champion well, UK. we'll have a state so. divided maybe towards the end of this week so it'll be interesting to see well, 
that one little sliver way off to the west might be divided, <laughs> but uh, it'll be it'll be okay. Got to yeah. get past St. Pete first, sure, and got to get got got to get past all those practicing Catholics, especially <laughs> during this season. You know they're conflicted. I know. Oh, am I going am I going with St. Pete here or am I am I bleeding blue? Uh, Weather wise, we turn into the latter half of the week. We're going to see. Uh, clouds throughout the latter part of the day. We'll see maybe highs in the 60s. We could break 70, maybe into 72. It's kind of a little bit cool. This is such a terrible time of year because you can't really turn. You, you need the air conditioning during the day. You need the heat at night. You wake up and go, oh, it's a little bit cool. So you're playing this seesaw game all the time. There's a small chance of rain later today, but don't count on it. Uh, chilly on Saturday. Going to get some rain on Friday. St. Patrick's Day looks pretty good tomorrow, at least temperature-wise. And then into next week, just kind of getting into that. We have a couple of days of good weather, and then we'll get a rain shower or two. And that's just kind of that seasonal thing that we deal with here in the Ohio Valley. Uh, increasing clouds, 72 is the high today. Partly cloudy, 49 tonight. And partly cloudy and 75 for tomorrow is what you can expect. Uh, you may be along, just like me, spent... Uh, the beginning of the last hour, listening to Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. I never can really know his name. It's I always pause because I think it's too close to Vladimir, and mm-hmm. it's like he's the bad guy. Vladimir mm-hmm. is the bad guy. He is Volodymyr Zelensky, and he gave a really uh, compelling speech and presentation to a joint session of Congress this morning. He was, uh, it was a live video stream, used a translator for the majority of it, then showed a a video of things happening in Ukraine, and then came back and spoke in English Mm -hmm. for the latter part of it to kind of button it all up. He didn't feel confident enough with his English to do the whole thing himself, but he got to the end and and, uh, he was compelling. I, much like, um, last week when he had spoken to other areas, whether it was Great Britain or whether it was Canada, he used the opportunity then to touch on touch points in the history of those nations to try and leverage support. Mm-hmm. And so he took us through uh, Pearl Harbor. He took us through September 11th. Mm-hmm. He took us through I Have a Dream. Uh, he just really kind of pressed some of those buttons that evoke mm-hmm. emotion in people. He asked the question, what if this were happening in Canada? Right. Would you would you react? And, and of course, the obvious answer is yes. I mean, it's next door, right? It's much closer to home. But that's still part of it. You know, do we want to extend ourselves that far across the globe? And the answer may be yes. I, I, I don't know whether the answer is yes or whether it's no. But we'll have to figure that part out right on the heels of the speech. You know, he's got the he's got Congress worked up and they're passionate about it. And people are more likely to make statements that two hours from now would be 80% of what they would say walking out of the room. So we really got to figure, we really have to let, okay, let's lower it. What does this mean and what should we do? Um, and they're just two schools of thought. You mm-hmm. go in there and get aggressive because the provocation has already happened, like Leader McConnell thinks. Or you can take the Biden play and just say, well, we're just going to inch this thing along and hope we don't make you mad. I did think it was funny, and I got to give Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton's people uh, credit today. Uh, she was on a list of a bunch of Americans yesterday that got sanctioned by yeah, Russia. They said, uh, "You, we're sanctioning you." <laughs> okay, what's what? What's <laughs> that, that mean? mean? Um, Joe Biden is not allowed. Joe Biden is not allowed to enter Russia. 
according to the Russians. Uh, Now he had to change his vacation plans for the summer. (laughs) Uh, But they sanctioned Joseph Robin uh, Robinette Biden. Mm -hmm. But then Jen Psaki came out and said, "Well, President Biden is a junior, so they apparently sanctioned his father. May he rest in peace." But Hillary Clinton's snark was the best to me because she said, "Thank you, Russia, for the Lifetime Achievement Award." Yes. Which meant I've been warring with you long enough that you finally recognize. And I'm like, that's a good stance yes. to take. Yeah. You know, he finally got recognized by Russia as being a, a thorn in their side. Uh, President Biden will travel to Europe for Ukraine talks. He will travel there next week for face-to-face meetings with uh, European leaders. So maybe it'll become more clear on what our position is going to be, what what NATO is going to do. I do feel a little bit better than I did four or five years ago that when we say NATO, that's not just code for United States mm-hmm. because the Trump administration really held those other nations accountable and mm-hmm. said, we can't just take off our stars and stripes hats and put on these blue hats and call ourselves NATO. You got to be here with an oar and rowing along as well. And that's why it requires more cooperation Five years ago, we probably could have been a little more unilateral because we were the one paying the bill anyway and doing all the heavy lifting, but maybe not as much now. So anyway, continuing to to follow that along and see how that develops because it does impact us here at home, maybe not directly and maybe not today, but certainly indirectly and in the future. Uh, Planning a seat here for you that Pfizer has asked the United States to allow a fourth COVID vaccine dose for seniors. Just planning that with you so you maybe don't become surprised later. Not sure what the BA2 variant is going to be like. That um, That's what most of the positivity is now. I understand it's, it's much um, less dangerous. It's much less of a risk to health, but it doesn't mean that it has gone away. There, I have seen a couple of cases uh, recently who said, oh, well, so-and-so tested positive. I kind of, really? I thought all that was over. Mm-hmm. And so we can't we can't lure ourselves into this uh, false sense of security. We still got to remember, okay, we haven't entirely, we, we haven't put the nail, you know, we haven't closed that up entirely. So just keep that in, in mind. And I don't know if that means we eventually will get, you know, uh, recommended that we get a second booster. I don't, I'm going to lose track of all these. But nonetheless, I'm just planning it there uh, and no cause for alarm at this point. Something that probably people are equally impassioned, maybe not equally impassioned about, but I think probably everybody has a stance. The U.S. Senate unanimously approved a measure yesterday that would make daylight saving time permanent across the United States beginning <laughs> next year. The bipartisan bills named the Sunshine Protection Act would ensure Americans would no longer have to change their clocks twice a year, but the bill would still need approval in the House, and then it would have to get the signature of the president as well. So no more switching clocks, more daylight hours. Nearly a dozen states have already passed legislation that says, should it ever be ratified by the the U.S., which I think it's actually the Department of Transportation, which have is that's all yeah. is is involved but they're saying we're not we're not doing if the if we get the green light from the federal government we're doing it. i know alabama is one of them so whitney i'm going to ask you from the farmer's perspective does it matter daylight is daylight no matter what daylight doesn't matter daylight. what you call it right yeah and and now that argument holds no water to me anymore because think about all of the farmers that have 
tractors that have lights on them now. And, and so there's a lot of things that you can do in the dark. And so that is not, that is no longer a necessity. I honestly don't know why we do this anymore. I- <laughs> Miss Buckles, are you prepared to live on this time permanently? Absolutely. Okay. I am. It is my favorite. And I'm with you. You know, back in the day, it made more sense for farmers. But now, like you said. Or energy preservation. Sure, whatever. But, I mean, now we have headlights on tractors. And we have I mean, energy we can, efficient yeah. things. I mean, it shouldn't be. And I think you're right. I think that at one point in time, it was about the grid, you know, and making sure that it had a little bit of. Our orbital rest. path around the sun and the tilt on our axis that give us our seasons mm-hmm. and give us our days, that. That is going to change no matter what we call it. Right. Doesn't matter what we call if if we call it seven o'clock, some days it'll be lighter, some days it'll be darker, depending upon where we are in our journey around the sun and where we're tilting in that process. That's what dictates how much daylight mm-hmm. we have. But I'm thinking forward to okay, I, I have been the one saying after we make this change, we might get a couple of years down the road and go, oh, we didn't think about that. So now here's a here's an unintended consequence of making the change. I think I'm for the change. I think too often we leap before we look, and I'm just saying, what should we be looking at before we before we leap? Make the decision. Um, one thing I do know is that unless your device, whatever it is, is connected to the internet and can set its time based upon some server somewhere, which most of our phones are, mm-hmm. et cetera, if you're not one of those, you're going to have to have a firmware update because most of your televisions now say automatically adjust for daylight saving time. Well, that's coded into the calendar, right? That calendar says on this weekend, I'm going to change the time. On this weekend, I'm going to change it back. Is that a big deal? No, but mm-hmm. someone has to. To like do that. You have to account for it. It's it was a little bit like when we got to twelve thirty one ninety nine on our computers and we went, wait a minute, what's gonna happen when we <laughs> roll over to zero zero? Are they gonna think it's nineteen hundred and shut down? So that's my point is to undo generations of having daylight saving time. What are the unforeseen little ripples in our mm-hmm. sea that will result? Um, will prop up as a or pop up as a result. We can have more daylight. I am okay with that. Right? <laughs> Me but, too. Okay. But, but I mean, we're not having actually more daylight. That's right. There's no and more. There's no that. more but daylight. It feels, <laughs> that way. it feels that way. And the 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 whole week, I have sat and been exhausted just because of an hour time change. Yeah. You know. So and that's I, me. I and if you have do children, really you well. really have that problem. Yeah. But I have felt some of that, and I normally don't. I was standing talking to my mom last night. It was pretty much almost last night because of what the story I'm about to tell you. And I looked at my watch and I said. It sure is getting late a lot earlier this week, you know, because we're outside <laughs> yes. enjoying the daylight, doing yes. that type of thing. And then next thing I know, it's, it's, it's a quarter till seven. Well, you know? <laughs> when I'm dropping my grandmother back home at Sunfish at six something, I'm going, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like, Two weeks ago, it had been dark right now. Yes. Like, <laughs> I need to be home. Uh-huh. Yeah. So In pajamas. I, I guess it's I'm, a mental thing. It's it, what we're doing by by changing the time. We're readjusting our lifestyle, the agreed-upon time that things begin and end, to match 
the shift in our orbit and our axis. Mm -hmm. But the reason that I ask you about farmers, you know, I always, you know, about my papa, he lived on the same time. All the time. All the time. And guess what? It didn't matter what time it was. You were you in. knew roughly what time dinner was, which was lunch. Which was but dark. it was when you got hungry or to a stopping point or based upon the rough time of day that Mamma would have it ready and et cetera. You, when you operate in that space, there is no such thing as time. It's not really about a clock. Uh-uh. I right. mean, it's it was always dark 30 is what we would call it because that was about the time you came in. Yep, I got it. Uh, let's see. What else do you need to know about? There are. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, do we have time? I don't know. And by the way, this video over my right shoulder is suddenly very distracting. So I'll fi- we'll try and fix that during the break. Like, where are we traveling to over there? <laughs> uh, late arriving children could still eat school breakfast under a new measure. Legislation that would allow school districts to set aside time for children to eat breakfast if they are late to school took another step forward on Tuesday as it passed the House Education Committee at Senate Bill 151. It would allow the superintendent of a school district that participates in the federal school breakfast program to authorize up to 15 minutes of the student attendance day to provide the opportunity for late arriving children to eat breakfast during instructional time. Okay. Um, well, what's the argument against that? I, you'll get no argument from me. No, me either. That's why I'm asking, like, and, what's the and argument you won't, to that? And you won't from me. No. Um, but now I'm the mama that I will get you there on time as, I mean, there may be a random day that I, I can't do it. Yeah. Okay, but I've had a little more, um, I don't know if you did. You all have had an opportunity to review this in the last little bit, Mm -hmm. but I think I've done maybe a deeper dive on this. I've not looked at it at all. All right. You'll you'll get no disagreement from me on the fact that breakfast is a vitally important meal to everyone's day, especially school children, who you're asking them to learn and absorb and be their best. All right, at a time of le- a year, a time of life where they're the most formative, and mm-hmm. okay, that's extremely important. And so, if you need it at school, I am one hundred percent for mm-hmm. it. My assessment is 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 this: what happens on the sixteenth minute? Um, you're exactly right. There are flat tires. There are traffic jams. There mm-hmm. are roads that are flooded. There are that cause delays. Is it fair to say, however, that the families that have flat tires are more likely to have more flat tires or more flooded roads or more? Yeah. Do do you see? You see what I'm saying? The kids that are struggling to get in the breakfast window are more likely to more often struggle to get into the breakfast window. And is that mother's nature's fault or is that a parental shortcoming? Mm -hmm. So then it goes back to my argument of, well, what happens on the 16th minute? Mm -hmm. Do you slam the lunch door in the kid's face? You do not. So my thing is, can't we just take a practical, logical, if a kid's, if you, if I would think any educator anywhere would look at this situation and go, this kid needs breakfast. Oh, wh- who's going to deny? Who's going to deny this kid? Sorry, right. sorry, you well, missed I the lunch. I the breakfast think it window. happens. I really don't think that it. I think that teachers are smart enough to know that if a kid's coming in late, they're getting the extra breakfast. And we have, and I'm mean, know oh, at my elementary school, there's just a, there's a table that's in the cafeteria that is extras or what's left. And if there's a kid that's late, they're going to make sure they have breakfast. Well, you know what I'm saying? 
does it have to be legislated I, in? I, I don't think the teachers know. Uh, and I'm one to, like, so if it is one of the kids' snack days, I send plenty extra for her to keep in the closet mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I'm also the mom that throws a pack of muffins in my car in the event that we don't make it to school mm-hmm. in time. I just, I, I'm not for unnecessary legislation. And so right. I, the spirit of the intent, I am, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. I just think we can trust our educational system enough mm-hmm. that we can solve the, listen, I, I will, I will bet you that there are benevolent programs or there are civic organizations or churches that if, the, if this was truly a need, like this is a void we don't know how to solve. Right. There are people that would step in and solve that issue. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of our best friends across the street swim in these waters, mm-hmm. right, through the alliance and making sure people are fed, et cetera. I just hate to have state laws for things right. and that aren't necessary. Right. And there, is there something already there that states that at 8 o'clock you, ha- you have to put breakfast? Up? I don't. I guess I don't know enough they about it. They lock it down. It's like in a vault. Uh, the but, door uh, closed. Yeah, but listen, you and I no both food know, for you. and we live in a rural community, and you know, and I know that our, our kids are, if they've got breakfast, they need breakfast, they're going to get Who's it the breakfast school. Nazi in that big know, city school right? system that says, no breakfast for you? I know, that's what I'm saying, and it may be a money issue. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, it must be. Congratulations to Michaela Clemens from Grayson County High School. She is signed with the University of the Cumberlands for soccer and archery. Congratulations to Oscar Shibway, first team All-American. Yep. Does the player of the year get announced at the final four? They usually name so. the first team and then they wait until around the not, final four. I'm going to tell them myself. Yeah, I did see a couple of other SEC standout made, standouts made second and third team. Uh, of course, Cal's looking for his team to get their swagger back heading into uh, this start of the weekend. And I guess I was holding my breath. It wouldn't happen, but Maybe Kenny Payne to Louisville as early as tomorrow. Uh, How do we feel about that, Whitney? I don't. I love I mean, Kenny Payne. He was at Louisville before I he was at Kentucky. The, I think it'll help the rivalry as far as just in general, everybody. I don't think it'll be as ugly as it was. I was going to say, think can it be, be a good rivalry, be a rivalry with I less think. hate? Yes, I, I think, think so. there. I think there's a slightly a little too much yes. hate sometimes between those two. So maybe it's a, it'll be a healthy rivalry, yes. which would be okay. We got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on in the know. Today is Lips Appreciation Day. You know, I know we have a tendency to think about others, like, oh, I appreciate your lips, but we probably should start with appreciating our own. Yeah. We look kind of funny without them. So, let's start Wouldn't with... not be able to say the things we need to without be, them either. It would be difficult. <laughs> it's Panda Day today, so... Oh, pandas. Pandas are all right. It's No Selfies Day today. I'm, I'm good with that. I don't take selfies anymore. What about ussies? Can we take ussies? I don't know. Ussies is different than selfies, though. I agree. So, I watched that episode of that's one of the early, that's one of the early gems from Ted Lasso. the 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 Ussies line takes place in episode one, mm-hmm. and it's an indicator of what's to come with the really creative style of Ted Lasso. Uh, because if you'll remember, he's on the flight. Yep, he's on the flight to uh, Great Britain, mm-hmm. and the kid is on, and he stops and he says, "Let's take an Ussie," mm-hmm. and he was like. You mean a selfie? He said, no, an it's ussie. an ussie. And it's like, 
How come we didn't think of that? How come we didn't think of that sooner? Um, And it's St. Erho's Day today. Okay. It's a tongue-in-cheek holiday celebrating the saint who supposedly cleared the grasshoppers out of Finland. So it's a mock holiday in advance of St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. And it's observed in parts of Canada and parts of the United States of America. So it's kind of funny. St. St. Erho's Day. Um, I'll get back to St. Patrick's Day in just a minute. But uh, today's March of Kindness Day is create a card for the nursing home. So create a card for the residents of nursing homes or assisted living facilities and deliver those and brighten their day. Maybe cards that wish them a happy St. Erho's Day. Uh, let's just make it St. Patrick's Day, because then you'll have to give an explainer. Yeah, like you'll have to put is, up, you'll have to print out the Wikipedia page for St. Erho's Day and put it in the card yeah. so that they get yeah. it. Yeah. Otherwise, there's who's Erho. What? Yeah. But if you think about it, you could really run the Saints the rest of the week. So you've got uh, St. Erho, St. Patrick on the day that UK plays St. Pete's. Yes. So I mean, Saints all around. I know. So, yeah, uh, create a card for the nursing home day today. Uh, by the way, Whitney, you and I, we we have struck gold for tomorrow. Yes. Now, she's going to wear green. Uh-huh. All right, Miss Buckles over there, she's going to wear green tomorrow. Yes. But tomorrow would be a day that you and I would certainly wear blue. Yes, I will. All right, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. The color of the holiday should be blue, not green, because the earliest pictures drawn of St. Patrick had him wearing blue robes. <gasps> what? Oh, yeah. No. I'm wearing blue anyway. I was well, going to wear blue listen, anyway. I know you two will, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not. But now we have a bona fide, though, when people say, how come are you not wearing green? Like, well, We say, why are you wearing green? Because St. <laughs> Patrick's color was blue. So do, I guess maybe St. Patrick was turned to green because of the shamrocks and the clovers and all of it that, I guess. A, it was a merging of cultures, mm-hmm. and that's right. where the Irish really took over. So and, the yeah. both of you are getting pinched. I, well, I get pinched every you. year. I get pinched every year. Nobody's but. silly enough to pinch me, unless yeah. it's you. Yes, nobody else would. Nobody else would dare. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get it <laughs> from, you, say, from you. Yeah, from you words. is fine. From, from you is fine. I'm saying I pinch back. Um, there is a restaurant in Louisville that is doing their part to break some of the stereotypical traditions of St. Patrick's Day. In fact, the question is this: Is corned beef really Irish? And the answer apparently is no. Mm-hmm. So the owners of the Irish Rover in Louisville, it's uh, Seelbon and Michael, and they're both from Ireland. He grew up in County Clare, home of the Cliffs of Moore, on the rugged Atlantic coast of Ireland. Corned beef and cabbage can be found in Ireland, but her husband certainly didn't grow up eating it. She says he mostly did it, did not eat it to celebrate. St. Patrick's Day. It was not part of the St. Patrick's Day Fair in Ireland. We Americanized it and added in the corned beef just because we wanted to. Okay, well, what is it? A typical celebratory meal in Ireland might include thick ham-like slabs of Irish bacon and some other cut of pork, mashed potatoes, and vegetables of some sort, probably cabbage because it's cheap and readily available, all served in a white sauce. 
They say the tradition became part of the Irish lore after many Irish Americans settled among Jewish immigrants in some of the poorest neighborhoods of New York and corned beef was available. If that makes sense. It does. It does. So they adapted. But the point is is that it's an American tradition of St. Patrick's Day. You're not actually kicking it old school back to St. Patrick's mm-hmm. or Ireland, for well, that matter. Well, so the photo that was thrown up had a lot of carrots in it, which I'm not a big fan of. But you, everything else yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I, listen, no one will disagree that, well, except for the cabbage, no one will disagree that that's a good meal. It's just not what, right. it's just not what they did in Ireland or do in Ireland to mm-hmm. celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I could Day. get behind some bacon, though. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounded intriguing. Yeah. It was Irish bacon. I need. <laughs> no. I know what Canadian bacon is. <laughs> give me. A, give me a touch of the Maybe Irish. Maybe Irish is just thicker. I don't know. I've got, like. I got Irish heritage, so pinch me, kiss me, whatever. Kiss me. I'm Irish. Isn't that what? It says? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that part of it? Okay. So I can follow. I, I can probably follow multiple lines, but I always just go to the Dugans. Dugans mm-hmm. line. Uh, here are. Well, we're not going to spend time because we don't have the time, but the. A publication has ranked all 68 of the 2022 men's NCAA tournament teams. For instance, the worst at number 68, the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Okay. That's dumb, and it always has been. (laughs) At 67, though, the Michigan Wolverines. I'm a little surprised that that's as low, but I'm fine with that. Not a particular fan of Michigan. The San Diego State Aztecs at 66. Mm. Because that's a bit unique. Unfortunately, the Hoosiers, Indiana, is at 65, so they're out early. That's good. Mm -hmm. But at 64, 63, 62, and 61, all of the Wildcats are out. Yeah. Kentucky, Davidson, Villanova, Arizona, from a mascot standpoint. Too many cats. But then right after that, they take a swath out for all the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Texas Southern, Auburn, Memphis, LSU. Baylor Bears at 56. Uh, the Bobcats, then the Panthers, then the Cougars, then that just like a lot of cats. Yeah. But Catamounts, the Vermont Catamounts at 52. Mm. Um, let's go on down the list here. All right, at 41, the Delaware Blue Hens. Now, I understand the blue hens don't sound intimidating. They don't right. sound daunting in any way. They don't sound fierce, like, oh, no, don't mess with those blue hens. But I kind of like the name because it's not tigers or bears or. Mm-hmm. It sounds fun. It does sound <laughs> <Yes>. fun. <laughs> I like, I, I like, I like interesting tag names. Me I do. too. Mascot names. At 39, Texas A&M, the Aggies didn't get into the tournament. Well, they got into the not in tournament, the NIT. But the Texas A&M Corpus Christi team is in, and they're the Islanders. And they should be in the tournament. But that's They should be. T-A-N-M-C-C and T-A-N-M should both be in the tournament. Right. I agree. The Murray State Racers get kicked out at 35. I mean, what's wrong? Which what's is interesting to me because, okay, uh, Murray State is the racers, but since Kentucky has such a big thoroughbred industry, you that always confused me. So you you probably didn't hear us say yesterday the K and N guy uh-huh. in his report yesterday morning he was calling them the Murray State thoroughbreds. I'm like they're not the thoroughbreds. No, that's KSU. <laughs> they're the racers. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, come Even on. I know that. Get it going. 
Uh, the Longhorns are out at 31. The Spartans are out at 28. Sparty. Both both Spartans, Michigan State and Norfolk State. Mm-hmm. The Titans are out at 26. At 24, they kicked Where's out TCU. The Blue Devils they, at? they kicked T. Yeah, we haven't gotten to them yet, have we? <sighs> The TCU Horned Frogs are out at 24. I Leave like the Horned Frogs I like in. those. <laughs> is there a photo of Horned Frogs? No, not oh. on this page. Okay. Their well, per- color is purple, though. Texas Christian University Horned Frogs. A hoary toad. Mm-hmm. I mean, who da- Come on. Like, how the- fun is that? Leave them in. I know it. The Richmond Spiders are out at uh, 20. The Boilermakers make it to 18. What a dumb name. <laughs> the Providence Friars are out at 17. Razorbacks are out at 16. The Blue Devils are out at 13. Scarlet Knights at 9. At number 7, so in the top 10 of mascots, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Okay. That's a good one. (laughs) That's fun. At number 2, St. Peter's Peacocks. Hmm. Okay. Because they're different. Yeah. It's kind of like blue hens. Yeah. You give me some blue hens, you give me some peacocks and birds of a feather and all that jazz. Mm Mm-hmm. And at number one, the Dons of San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco Dons ranked the number one mascot in the field of 68. I don't know. I don't either. Did, I'm still looking at the horn frog. There it there is right there. Did It is. T- <laughs> I, I had it's much higher expectations. Like I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> Like, in Come my on. mind, it did not look like that Come at on, all. Disney parents. This looks like Silver Pascal. <laughs> yes, That's what it, that it looks does. like. It sure does. Silver Pascal. That's and, all that and is. I like unique. the ones with the real ones, too, though. So you've got Colorado that has the buffalo and, you know, the Seminoles. I mean, even though you, that's controversial, that's pretty cool, too. Um Quick headlines. Florida woman arrested for shooting neighbor in the face with a water gun. Uh, Last week it was silly string. This week it's water gun. I'd like to dive into that further, but is this the level? Is this what we've devolved to in society? Assault with a water gun. Now, is it one of those blasters? You know, those those can't hurt. So, but what you knocked the contact lens out of my head. Like I just, I, I don't. They're mad about it, but they're not mad about it to do enough to go to jail. Yeah, I, I guess it wasn't a baby gun. And yeah. then Asheville, North Carolina. I'd like to introduce you to. Uh, Carly Cindy of Asheville, North Carolina. She's with a group called the Friends of Asheville Recreational Trails. Friends of Asheville Recreational Trails. And being a big supporter and leader and organizer of the Friends of Asheville Regional Trails, she decided to submit to the North Carolina Department of Transportation for a vanity license plate that would show her support for recreational trails in Asheville. I can't even. So if you were trying to put, I know many of you are just with us in audio form. If you were trying to show your support and cram the organization Friends of Apple, Friends of Asheville Recreational Trails into a license plate, what would be your likely starting point? Maybe an acronym? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so f- Friends, F, uh, 
Asheville. Okay. All right. A. Uh, what were those trails? Oh, they were recreational trails. Got it. Uh, R. And then you've got your your T for the the trails. So our license plate says F A R T. Well, it snuck through the Department of Transportation. And they issued the license plate. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. But then they realized that that plate is on the list of words that they're not allowed to license. So they came back to her knowing their faux pas. And they said, you can keep the plate. Okay. You can you can have the plate. Like as a souvenir. <laughs> but you cannot put it on your vehicle. That's what they say. You can keep it as a, you know, as a logo, as a ha-ha, as a whatever it is. But you cannot. And so I thought, okay, well, I guess that's probably a pretty good concern. Session. Yeah, well, good yeah. for them. And That's think funny. about how much publicity the friends of oh, Asheville yeah. Recreational I mean, Trails oh, are getting, here talking about getting it, today. So. so that's funny. you got to get to a break. Some of you are headed to the boys' sweet, sweet 16. Enjoy the games today. The rest of you will stay right here with us. So more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know Da Vinci's Mona Lisa has her own mailbox at the Louvre to handle all the love letters she receives? People from around the world apparently send love letters to the Mona Lisa. Is it because it's a thing? And deliver them to the Louvre, I guess. I don't know. So I have to wonder how many people are responsible for... Yeah, getting those, surely. taking care of those. Do I mean, they I, just go in the trash? I mean, what they happens? have their own mailbox, but it, it can't be. It can't be a heavy lift. They can't get more than two or three a day. Can you they? Think, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could Google that fact and find out. You know how many she she receives a day, but the fact that she has her own mailbox, I guess that's uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, good news. Uh, we believe it could be good news. I said uh, late last week or on Monday, we're entering what I think is the best season of sports because you get girls and boys sweet 16, you get NCAA tournament, and then that leads to the launch of baseball season normally Mm -hmm. on April 1st or so. And then the Masters comes right on the NCAA. In fact, in case you didn't know, the NCAA tournament schedule is set based upon the Masters. Whatever Augusta does with mm-hmm. CBS is then they roll that back mm-hmm. by the number of weeks required, and that's what sets the tournament. <clears throat> and, in fact, that's what ends up setting the rest of the schedule because it's all just bookended sure. together. So as we roll into the 2022 Masters, one of the things there's going to be a lot of talk about is, will Tiger return? And it sounds like Tiger Woods is hoping to be able to play in the 2023 Masters. That he's golfing, he's practicing, he's working hard on the sport, and a source says he's very determined to return to the game as soon as it makes sense. He has physical therapy, but he's got an almost full range of motion. He has really overcome a lot of his injuries. Hmm. He's lucky to be alive, as I've said every time we talk about, because if you just look at the way that accident happened, it's remarkable that... And so if he could return to... He's got an exemption at the Masters so long as he wants to play mm-hmm. as a champion. You've you've earned that. Uh, not to mention, he's Tiger Woods. He can mm-hmm. play about anywhere. Anyone will have him because he's a big draw. He'll sell a lot of tickets. But if he could return to competitive golf, right, if he could get mm-hmm. back, time is running out on him because of his age alone. Right. 
Um, but to if he could compete, if he could compete at on the PGA Tour before having to go the Senior Tour route or the Champions Tour, they call it now. Uh, that would be remarkable if he could just get another win. And you saw what it was like two years ago when he suddenly came back after being gone for a few. You saw I mean, the he was right back there with you, it. You yeah. saw what the world did when it was like, "Hey, Tiger's in the hunt." So that would be remarkable. Uh, we speculated yesterday what it would be like. I guess maybe it was the day before. We speculated what it would be like to be the guy who paid five hundred eighteen thousand dollars at an auction for Tom Brady's final touchdown ball. Only to find out it's no, most likely, until he completes another touchdown, it's the last one. Let's be clear. So, but it appears because of Tom Brady's unretirement that he will throw at least one more touchdown pass. But until he does it, this guy has the last one. It's now estimated to be worth $50,000 instead of half a million dollars. Yeah, I was going to say 500, yeah. So Whitney, what it would what would it feel like to be that guy? I, <laughs> I, I just I mean that it is asinine that he's coming back anyway. I just it is what it is. But uh, yeah, he's um, you know he's probably thinking, good grief. Okay, really? <laughs> I, I speculated this was not. My guess is this guy didn't have to turn over couch cushions to come up with five hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Or what about, or what about the guy? Or do you remember the whole hullabaloo about the guy that took the last? What was it? His last? Um, there was another one of those guys that they asked for the football back. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And I can't remember who, when he what, said it broke a record. When he broke the record, guy. that's yeah. right. I mean, can you imagine? Well, but some people might wonder why is this one still worth fifty thousand dollars? Right. Because if it's not going to be the last one, and the fact is, it will always be a footnote. That it is the last one that he threw before retiring, and that's what's keeping the collectibles value at least at 10% of what it was even just three or four days ago. So I'm with you. I'm assuming that this gentleman has enough to be able to pay that. Yeah. Yeah. But I would like to know what his wife thinks. He didn't have to go pull the ashtray out of his dashboard and (laughs) dump the change out. I would like to hear from the wife. (laughs) Well, whether she's sporty or not, I would like to know her opinion. Well, it sounds like he's probably he's maybe lost more than that at some point in time. So <laughs> probably, this headline concerns me. I've not gotten into it a lot, but Sam Elliott drags Yellowstone, compares it to a soap opera. He said, "I, I mean, he's in it. He's it's yeah. built around him." He said, "I love Costner. There's a lot of good people in the cast. A few of them have worked with before. Nothing against any of them, but it's too much like Dallas or something for me. Like, I think it's an epic. You know." I, and he's great in it, but he's been he's been he's dragging a, some of the other stuff he's been in recently well, as well. A, I think he's well. He it is interesting to me. I listened to an interview with with him at some point in time. I don't remember who it was with, but he is not the like person that you that he played portrays on. <laughs> he is not at yeah. all. I mean, he's a good actor and everything, but I think he's a like a hippie from Southern California. Yeah, you know, he doesn't portray that in any of his. Movies. I think that's right. And then I got excited. There's a new. There's a new Netflix uh, docu-series coming to uh, uh, Netflix, since it's a Netflix <laughs> docu-series. It's called Our Great National Parks, which really excited me uh, until I realized it was a uh, Barack and Michelle Obama project, and he's the narrator. Oh. And I was like, well, I, would, I mean, I would love to know more about the national parks. I don't need, I don't need Barack Obama telling me I like I can't listen yeah, to. Yeah. Maybe I'll just watch the subtitles. Maybe I'll turn down the sound, watch the subtitles. Finally, that'll work. Got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. Come on, y'all. Let's say it one more time.
to ponder for today. What topic could you give a 20-minute presentation on with no preparation, and it can't be about your profession? Can it be about a past profession? Uh, so, well, I don't know. That's a gray area. But it, so for Whitney, if I take all the ag talk off the off the board, mm-hmm. and you've got to do twenty minutes on something, mm-hmm. then what would the what would the subject matter be? Sports. Yes. A- any specific or just broadly, so that you got plenty of room to ramble. I would maybe I would maybe limit it to ooh, a certain like sporting event or not a sporting event, but like it would be basketball, baseball, something like that. And then I would then be broad in that aspect. So I could talk about baseball as a whole or basketball as a whole and not pigeonhole myself into like the Wildcats and the history of the Wildcats or the history yeah. of the fighting tigers or whatever. Okay. Miss <clears throat> uh, Buckles. Well, you have to let me know. I mean, can it be a past profession? Yeah. I think that's a violation of, the re- of course, of course, you could probably do that. Mm-hmm. Like most of us could speak about our. I mean, Whitney can do twenty minutes on you know ag related topics and probably a hundred different ones. Mm-hmm. Well, with but no I've not done this profession in what thirteen, fourteen years. That's true. All right, yeah, we'll let. All right, you do so that. if not that, um, probably something kid related. Okay, like yeah, I was going to say, I could do early, talk about ch- yeah. early childhood. Yeah, talk about yeah. children's literature. Oh, yeah. I would think you could do 20 minutes on children's literature pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where I get into a bit of a quagmire. You you, talk for a living. (laughs) If you take take all of the subject matter from Mm -hmm. the show, which is very broad. Right. So if you rule out profession, then I have to sift through current events, Mm -hmm. hard news, like just comedy, uh, like then I got nothing to say. So I, I think I can't do 20 minutes on anything <laughs> that, that well, doesn't come up in the show because you yeah. just never know what we're going to be talking well, about. Well, I would think in your bro- it would be broadcasting and media is what I would think your yours would be as far as your profession. So mm-hmm. then you would you, then that doesn't that doesn't pigeonhole you. You can talk about other things like well, but it, or, it does kind of limit him. But he's also yeah. getting really good with this new project that we're mm-hmm. doing. Uh, well, yeah, I could maybe do. You, I don't know if I could do twenty get minutes. Close. Uh, I will also tell you that I I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the confidence to say it, and I don't know that I can do it. But it, at age twenty five, if you had said, "I need you to talk twenty minutes about biblical or spiritual same. or those things," I'd go, "Oh no, I can yeah, never do that." Same. But at age fifty, I think mm-hmm. I can talk. I mean, I mm-hmm. have just accumulated enough. Mm-hmm. Life and study and being able to observe and then to share with others and that type of thing. My confidence is growing in that regard. I don't know that I'm any better at it, mm-hmm. but my confidence increases because, like, okay, I can call upon that when I need. Mm-hmm. And so that's an area that I'm kind of like, if I if I need to do that, I can. Which, by the way, is super awesome because that's kind of what the charge was, right? I mean, yeah. it was, those were the marching orders to be able to <laughs> that do we that. Given, yeah. So when you can get to that point, you go, oh, makes okay, sense. well, maybe I'm doing a little something right, Yeah, which might be okay. But yeah, it would be a, it would be a hard thing to do on television tonight. Survivor is back. Episode two of season 42 of survivor. Um, can't tell who I like or who I don't like yet. Yeah. Uh, but then there's another show. If you like that type of reality TV, and I want to make sure I get the name right, it's Beyond Something, Beyond Limits, Beyond 
it's kind of a celebrity. It's people you know, people's names that you recognize. And it's not quite Naked and Afraid, and it's not quite Survivor. It's called Beyond the Edge. Nine celebrities, so Meta World Peace, the old Ron Artest, um, Paulina Poroskova, Colton Underwood, Lauren Elena, set up a shelter in the Panama jungle. The host divides them into teams to embark on their first intense, muddy adventure challenge. So Survivor meets Naked and Afraid meets Celebrity Big Brother. Meets. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of a I think it's not all as it. bad as Naked and Afraid, but I think it's harder than Survivor. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think it's Some, it's somewhere it's in, in the middle. Maybe it's endurance based, but I I've not had a conversation with Paulina Poroskova lately. But the last time we talked, <laughs> I thought maybe her twenty minutes would have to be on modeling. Okay, so. I'm a little bit intrigued to go, well, if they're going to dump these people, like, are they dumping them or is it, are their trailers just offset where they go back and take naps and they've got air conditioning, but it looks like it's endurance or Mm -hmm. rugged. I I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Before I get into today in history, Whitney, what's going on at the extension office relative to your lane that we must know about today? Well, there will be uh, the County Ag Investment Program or the CAPE or the cost share, you hear it called all different kinds of things, that will be available starting Monday the 21st. And so you can pick up those applications to apply for the program Mm -hmm. at our office. And then we're open from 8 to 430. So you can come pick one up and then fill it out. And then when you're finished with it, you can turn it in at our office. Okay. And it'll be through April 8th. All right. Starting Monday through Mm -hmm. April 8th. Very good. Cost share, CAPE. Whatever you decide to call it. <laughs> yeah. It's called many different things. It is. A rose. Some people is still call it the old bull program. <laughs> and then that's not the, the, the old bull program. The old bull yeah. program. Oh, okay. You got to right. go old school yes. to get back to that, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> what's that thing they do on Twitter? That tell me where you're from without telling me where you're from. Yes. Tell me your age without telling me your age. Yes. Bull program. Uh-huh. Like, that would be a giveaway. Yes, it? it would. Yeah. Today's highlight in history, this date, 1968, the My, the Me Lai Massacre took place during the Vietnam War. In 1802, President Thomas Jefferson signed a measure authorizing the establishment of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Tanya Harding pled guilty in 1994. Mm-hmm. You know what she pled guilty to. Yep. I don't have to tell you. And uh, birthdays today, game show host Chuck Woolery is 81 today. Two and two, be right back at you. Uh, Eric Estrada, who played Ponch on Chips, is 73 today. And this one's a little hard. Flava Flav is 63 today. What? Yeah, boy. Oh, my. No way. Yeah, boy. Pat Nixon was born this date in 1912. Wow. Jerry Lewis was born in 1926. Flava Flav. That's crazy. Wow. Six, six to the three. Let's go to Chart Toppers. 1960. Bobby Rydell, number one with Wild One. That Bobby Rydell's a real rebel. Yeah. I mean, he was like clean version of James Dean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Bobby Rydell may be a rough character. I don't know. 1969, CCR, number one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna modify what I said. Okay, a week ago I called it the worst Proud Mary. It's not the worst Proud Mary. It's just the second. It's at least second best. Okay. 
I can it, get behind it's that. Still proud Mary. Yeah, that's true. But I can Tina. I was gonna say is Tina yeah. Turner, your favorite one. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. As far as I'm concerned, there could be no others, and I would be just fine with that. But since uh, CCR did an okay version, the BG's number one in '78 with Night Fever. Running a little bit late, but since the Sweet 16's already going, we got a little few extra seconds here. Um, Whitney may not. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news, number one in 87. Step by step. Climbing Jacob's Ladder. You remember which album that's on? No, but I should because. I, so remember that news and that or that sports. This one was four, like in golf. F O R E four was for the name of that album. Celine, Celine Dion number one in nineteen ninety six because you love me. Okay, gotta move on. Sorry, Kelly Clarkson was number one since you've been gone in 05, mm-hmm. and I'm playing this one today because eight years ago today, Katy Perry was number one with Dark Horse. She recently won her plagiarism lawsuit. She was challenged, said that she had plagiarized this song, and they ruled in her favor. So, yeah, she came out on the winning end of that, so congratulations to her. Listen, uh, so you got to watch Idol with me the other night, this this yeah. week's version, and we were talking about, I just, the more I watch her as the host, the more she's funny. Uh, I love her. She made up an impromptu song about queso and chips. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> it was really good. Her so. in the life jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my. The this Funny. the the outlandish and the self-deprecating mm-hmm. costumes that she'll wear, mm-hmm. the headstands she'll try and do. Well, barefooted just, on top of the the yeah, their judge's desk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. She's uh, she's definitely a personality. That uh, as I say that that. Uh, that recipe of talent there is uh, is very good. They all bring something different to the table, so that's good. Whitney, good to see you. Yep. I, I look forward to seeing you again next week. I hope that 